Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message. Thank you, kids team, for unleashing the chaos of Christmas. That was amazing. I was, just, I was so happy that my son sang. Uh, <laughs> every year, you know, there's that kid who just mean mugs, and uh, it wasn't him this year. I was shocked. Uh, shocked, but he practiced. They got him ready. They got him ready. He came to win this year. Uh, but it's cute. I, lo- I love seeing, you know, my daughter uh, sharing and our kids sharing. I think, it's, I think it's really special. And this morning I thought good way to end is to talk about that message of hope and joy. We've been in a series on hope, and I thought what better way than to to read that scripture that we just walked through really quickly, and I, I just want to share three very quick thoughts on joy this morning. But I want to read to you Luke chapter 2, verse 1 today. It says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. And he went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Somebody say good news this morning. Of great joy. Somebody say great joy. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly, it says, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. Good news of great joy. Picture, if you can, what it must have been like to be a shepherd in those days. In a time where there was not uh, urban light pollution or iPhone flashlights or anything of the sort, right? If you were in a field and it was night, it was dark. Have you ever been camping and you realize how dark dark actually is and how not dark the rest of our life is, right? You're like, oh, this is darkness. Your brain starts thinking there's like cougars everywhere, right? Mountain lions, wolves, bears, right? right? You're like, just hear things. You're like, oh, wow, this is what quiet sounds like, and this is what darkness is, right? The wilderness is really amazing in that way. 
And so the shepherds, they were in a place of no streetlights, no cars, no buildings with lights. It was complete darkness. And out of that darkness explodes the most incredible, glorious light. Out of that dark, like if you were camping and you're there and your fire's gone out and you're just hanging out outside your tent and all of a sudden, the most glorious light explodes. That, That would be surprising, right? It says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. So they were encompassed, engulfed by this incredible light, the glory of God. One minute they're in complete darkness, the next minute they are embraced in perfect light. And the angel says to them, fear not. Okay, we'll try, right? He says, fear not. Why? Because I bring you something amazing. I bring you good news. The word there for good news is evangelizo. It's the origin of the word evangelize. It means to give good tidings of an important event. Something has happened that is important, and I've come to share it with you. When we talk about evangelism as a church, we talk about 4 for 40, sharing the hope of the season. That's what we're sharing. We're sharing something amazing. We're not manufacturing. We're not making it. We're trying to lead someone somewhere we've never been. We're sharing a hope that, that we found, something special that has occurred The good news is of something. What's the good news of? The good news is of a great joy. What's happening? What's the great joy? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is good news. I've come here to share the gospel with you, the gospel that is of Jesus Christ, a baby who will be born to redeem the world. And on Christmas, we celebrate the thrill of hope, which is joy. We'll talk about that word joy for a second. Because I think when we talk about joy, sometimes we might confuse it with happiness. And happiness is a great word. And happiness is a really incredible thing. I like being happy. I don't know about you. I enjoy being happy. And But joy is something different and deeper than happiness. And, and I want to explain how they're different. Joy is in the heart, whereas happiness is on the face. Joy is really in the soul, Whereas happiness is in the moment. Joy transcends, happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment. It's waiting to be discovered. Joy runs deep and overflows. Happiness sits on the surface. Joy is a practice, it's a behavior, it's deliberate and intentional. Whereas happiness kind of comes and goes casually along its way. Joy is profound and scriptural. It says, don't worry, rejoice. Happiness is a balm. It says, don't worry, be happy. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardship and trials and connects with meaning and purpose, which means a person might pursue happiness, but they choose joy. See, we can feel happiness is great. And I'm not saying this to put down one term, but to just say that they're different. Because we feel happiness. I love feeling happiness. I was just, I I know, I I was excited. I was happy that my kid chose to sing and not uh, just run away, right? I I was like, oh, yeah, good. I'm responding to that situation. I'm happy about that. And so I can feel happy, but I choose joy. We practice joy. We know joy. We live joy. 
And in many ways, happiness doesn't bring joy, and joy is not a byproduct of happiness. Joy is something much grander. It has a greater root. It has a stronger foundation that we transcend the fleeting chains of temporal happiness and instead cling to the solid rock of joy. See, the angel didn't come just to proclaim good news of great happiness, though that would have been nice. He came to proclaim good news of great joy. Jesus didn't come just as like a really happy figure to say some neat things. He came of as the good news of great joy. His birth announces a celebration of joy. And it's a higher kind of joy. It's a joy that transcends time and space. It's a joy that transcends situation. It's a joy that transcends our past, our present, and our future. It's a joy that goes beyond any situation or any circumstance. It's a greater joy. So what kind of joy does this good news give us that these awesome kiddos did a good job sharing with us today? Let me give you three right here. It's the joy of salvation. Over 2,000 years ago, the angels broke forth to tell something very specific. They came to tell of a Savior. Verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. We read earlier, uh, Davis and Molly read, Because God so loved the world, He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross that he came to take every sin of humanity and to die for it and to rise again. And so we celebrate, even at the birth of Jesus, that because Jesus died for our sins, we're forgiven. Every single one of us here today, no matter what your sin is or your past is, no matter what you're facing, that Jesus has forgiven every single one of them. But we also celebrate that Jesus rose again. Because as he rose again, we not only are forgiven of our sins, but we receive new life. That if anyone is in him, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So all who believe in him receive eternal life. Not only a new life on earth, but an eternal life with him. That's the joy the angels are talking about. Right? It's an eschatological joy, meaning it's a joy about the end. The end of times. What times? Our times. The end of my time. I love my time here, but I'm excited that someday when it ends, I'll have an eternity with Jesus Christ. No more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow. And that's the joy that is offered to everyone. Where will my soul spend eternity? It will spend it in the joy of salvation of Jesus Christ. And what I love about Jesus and maybe you've been told something else, but I just want you to hear me say it today. It's important that you're here to hear these words. Is that no matter who you are, all people can call on the name of Jesus and receive eternal life. Every single person. And that's joy. It's joy that Jesus saves a wretch like me. It's joy that, 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 that my sins are washed away. It's joy that I've received eternal life, that I'm a co-heir with Christ, that regardless of what people or the world has said about me, that I look at the Heavenly Father who loved me and cares for me, and he says, listen, I've adopted you into my family. Like my son Henry, who is standing up here, who is fully and completely and totally my son, he's adopted into my family. In the same way God says to me today, and he says to you today, you're adopted into my family. But can I tell you, it's not only a joy for eternity that we celebrate. It's a joy in our present circumstances. Have you ever met somebody, maybe a believer, 
who is just full of joy, right? Have you ever met somebody or read of somebody who just in their life is full? It's, just, it's more than happiness. It's more than just like things go well for them, right? They, they have a sense of, of deep joy in their life. Have you ever met somebody like that? When you think about that person's life, we have some people like that in our church. When you think about that person's life, is their life without any kind of challenge? No. In fact, usually it's the opposite, right? Right? Usually when you think of somebody, you're like, wow, they have an exemplary level of joy in the sense that it makes me want to, want to have that same kind of joy. I'm like, how do I get a hold of that in my life? Usually we don't also say about their life, and their life is so easy and nothing has ever gone wrong, right? In fact, it's the opposite. So how did they suffer it then? How did they choose to be a glass half full when the glass was fully empty? How, did, how come they didn't blame God? How come they didn't lash out in anger? Were they just willfully ignorant of suffering? Or their own suffering? I, I mean, I don't think so, right? Think of that person. Maybe a happy person. Maybe a happy person could be willfully ignorant. I'm just going to choose to be happy. I'm going to ignore all my suffering. I'm just going to... I'm going to do whatever I can to ignore it, to medicate it, to push it away, and I'm just going to try to be happy. Maybe you could try that. It's not very successful, though. But a joyous person can't do that because joy within it recognizes a sense of overcoming. To be joyful in many ways is to be intentionally rejoicing and celebrating the Lord and His great love for you regardless of the trial that you're facing. Right? To be joyful is to be celebrating despite a trial, not because we're without trials. That's why James, in chapter uh, 1, verse 2, says something. It sounds crazy on the surface. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. That's a wild thing to say to somebody, right? Imagine comforting someone who was in trial saying, yeah, be, ex be excited about this. No. That's my response to you. That's a dumb thing to say. But the question is, then why does he say it? Why does, why does James put this forward? He says, count it joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. It's because James has a kingdom perspective, and he knows Jesus Christ. That's why in verse 3 he says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And he says, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I think that logic is so counter to Western thinking as we think of God, even in the church. You might be new to church, but maybe you've been in the church in a while. When you travel the world, you encounter believers from all over the world. I loved being at our sister church in Bangkok because they have 40 different nationalities represented in, in the church. And so you meet people from all over the world, and oftentimes they're, they're refugees from different parts of the world who've come to Bangkok uh, for, for freedom, whether religious freedom or just freedom in general. And what's interesting is you meet with them, the, the, the phraseology is the same. They say, I'm suffering, I have suffered, so I need God. I need a source of joy and hope and life. I need something that's more than what man can offer me. More than what I can buy. More than what I can attain. More than what I can grab. I don't need an abstract concept of God or gods or all kinds of powers. I need something that I can grab a hold of and have it give me joy. I'm suffering, so I need God. But a little bit in the Western world, what we've changed is we've said, I'm suffering, so there is no God. Right? 
The world's, the, the, the global Christian says, I, I'm suffering, I need you, God, amidst this, because I live in a world that is broken, and, I, and, and it, is, it is evil, and evil things happen, and sickness happens, and all kinds of things. I need you, God. I need you, Lord, to sustain me, to renew me, and then we come kind of into the Western world, and it's like, well, I am suffering, so there is no God, there is no joy, there is no hope. And I'm just here to tell you that there is joy, and there is hope, because there is God. And he's not an abstract figure. He is Yahweh. He is the, the, the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He's the Father in heaven. And he intimately cares. And so we rejoice even amidst our suffering. As crazy as that sounds. Not only because Christ has suffered and suffered on the cross, but because our own suffering will not be wasted. Not only that we will have eternal life with him free from all suffering, but that even in this life amidst our suffering, that God is present. And that it, amidst our suffering, it will produce truly steadfast faith in our life. See, Jesus came to give you a hope for the future, but also a hope for now. That we know we can take heart and future joy in heaven, but also we can have joy now in our waiting. And yes, joy is a choice but it's an informed one. It's informed by the truth of the gospel and the goodness of God. But I want to encourage you, and this is my final one this morning. Not only is joy an informed choice, it's also an empowered one. It's the third one. Joy by the Holy Spirit. It's a joy of salvation. It's a joy in present circumstances, and it's a joy in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 tells us the fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit is with us, the fruit of that is this. Love, Joy. So like first place, love. Right? If you're making a list, put like the best thing first. Love. And what does he say? Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. What a good life that sounds like. To have those things pouring out of your life. Love and joy. See, when we're born again into Christ, we're born again into joy. And that, that phrase is important. We used to say back in the day, born again. And we kind of went away from it because that was like a weird phraseology. But Jesus says it. So, and I'm a pastor, so I have to say it. Right? <laughs> it's my, literally what I do. Uh, but I love that phrase because I think often we can think that Jesus is an addition to our life. I get close. I'm going to add this addition. But can I just encourage you? You and I probably would both agree that's not good enough. Because if you're like me, you have too much brokenness in your life to just simply add something. I don't want to just add Jesus to my brokenness. I want him to transform my life and give me a new life. I want to be made new. I want to be made new in my life. I want him to make me new. I want to die to all of my old sin and self, and I want to be made new in him. And he has the power to do that. That's what's amazing is that we surrender our life to him. We say, Jesus, I give you everything. I died in my old self and want to be made new in you. And what happens is when that happens, we invite the Holy Spirit, and it says he gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell with us, which means the power of God dwells within you and in your life. And that means that the fruit of the Spirit becomes manifest in your life. Think on that for a second. I want to be more patient. I want to be more joyful. You can want whatever you want. The best, most supernaturally powerful and encouraging way is to say, Jesus, I want more of you. 
Holy Spirit, I yield to you. Lead me, direct me, guide me. And he brings about that fruit. He brings about that life. He brings about that joy. People might say, how are you rejoicing in the Lord in a time like this? People have asked me that, like, how are you rejoicing in a time like this? It's because my joy is a fruit of the presence of God, not a condition of my situation. I've had some hard situations lately. People are like, how can you rejoice in a time like this? And I just want to say, because I've learned something. I've learned who Jesus is. And so my joy is not a condition of my situation. It's a fruit of the presence of God in my life. And so my prayer is less, God, make me happy. Don't let me ever face something. My prayer is, God, help me to face these things with your eyes and your perspective and your joy, that you would bring about joy in my life, in my family, in my relationships, with my children, that you would bring about in my city, at my job, whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm in, that you would bring about joy. I I don't want to pursue happiness. I want to be filled with joy. And he can do that today for you. Go back to that scripture just real quick. I want to read it to you as we close this morning. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And in fact, Katana, uh, or whoever's key, who's key today? Heather, come forward. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. But the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy for all people. So close this morning. I, I, I was actually thinking even about this last night um, as I was getting ready for bed in our house. Uh, the person who, who built, or did, I don't know, not built our house, but had our house before us, really liked technology but was really bad at it. So they were this incredible combo of unfinished projects. <laughs> and so in our house, we have this light that's really high up, and it's powered by a remote, but that doesn't really work, and the switches, and I don't know, I wouldn't have done it that way. If we modeled a lot of houses, I wouldn't have done that. But, you know, whatever is what it is. But what happens is when you finish in the bathroom, you turn the light off, and you step into the void because there's no light in the main room. So there's a light in the bathroom, but there's no light in the main room. So you have to do the the kind of uh, hands forward half squat walk that I do to get back because when you shut the light off, what happens? You can't see anything, right, in a dark room. And so you just got to feel around and hope that that bed doesn't jump six inches this way and stub your toe, then it starts a whole thing. Where I was like, are you okay? You're like, no, I'm not okay. That's why I'm angry, right? It starts like a whole thing. Everyone's up, right? But what happens in that room is that eventually, as you're in that space, though at first it's like, where am I? It, you get used to it, right? You're in a dark room and all of a sudden it's like, you, you get that night vision, you know, and it's, it's moving, not like the goggles, but just in your eyes. You begin to see things, right? Kind of make up the shapes. You can't fully make up, you know, colors of them, but you can make up the shape of stuff and the general, where things are, where the dresser is, all that kind of stuff. Because our eyes get used to looking at things in a state of darkness right? Like our our eyes begin to adjust. We begin to get used to looking at things in a darker perspective. And so everything we see, we see in a veil of darkness. We understand in a veil of darkness. We look at it with darkened eyes. And I think of the shepherds in the field, right? The shepherds are in the field, and as it gets darker in the night, their eyes begin to adjust, and they see, you know, the shapes of the sheep. They don't, can't really necessarily define every one of them, but they see the shapes. They see the general, uh, the shape of the pen and everything that's happening, but they can't fully understand it, know it. They're looking at everything with darkened eyes. They're seeing in a state of darkness. And, and I bring this back because I think that someone today 
has gotten used to looking at your life with eyes that have been darkened. That your eyes have begun to adjust to hopelessness, to discouragement, to depression. And now you look at the things in your life, your relationships, your family, your future, whatever it might be, through those eyes that have adjusted to darkness. Through those eyes that see dimly. And so in many ways, you've come in here or are joining us online feeling hopeless, feeling discouraged, and feeling depressed. Do not see your life with eyes of joy and light. You see yourself in your life with eyes of depression. And you just become used to seeing and looking in the dark. And you might have come here because some four-year-old invited you to see them sing and you didn't feel like telling them no. But someone came here because Jesus, just like those angels broke into the darkness of the shepherd's life and the shepherd's night, that Jesus wants to break into the darkness of your soul. And today the Lord wants to say to someone, Jesus Christ has come to bring you eternal life, that he's come to bring you good news of great joy that you have not felt joy for a long time. You cannot manifest it. You cannot stir it up. You cannot design it. You need the Lord to impart it to you supernaturally. I believe that Jesus has come to bring hope and healing right now to you, that you would have an encounter. Just like those angels broke into that space of the shepherds at night, seeing things dimly, that he's going to break into the dark place of your heart. And it might be scary. It's like when you first turn on the light, your eyes are adjusting, and it might be overwhelming, but I just want to encourage you. He's not only come to give you life this morning, but he's come to give you eyes to see your life, that you won't see your life through eyes of depression, but you'll see your life through eyes of joy. He says, I've come to give you joy. I've come to bring light in dark places. Jesus was born on a dark, cold night in a dark town and a dark historical time in a dark world, and he was placed in the manger, not in a bed, not in a castle, not in a palace. He was placed in a feed trough in the dark to bring you the light of joy. Good news of great joy is here for you today to break out like the angels. Right now, eternal life through Jesus Christ. Right now, freedom from spiritual oppression over your mind. Right now, freedom from bitterness. Right now, freedom from depression. Right now, freedom from anger. Right now, freedom from self-hatred. The light, the good news, and the joy of God is here today. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. As you're standing, would you bow your heads? just want to invite you to have this moment, you and the Lord. You and him. That's why our eyes are closed. It's just you and him. There's no expectations. This is you and him. This morning you came in here and you sensed that even in your own life. I've been looking at it through darkness, struggling in my mind, in my attitude, in my soul. Maybe it's something as strong as depression. Maybe it's frustration, whatever it is. And you're here and you're like, I need joy. I want to leave with joy. I need the joy of the Lord. And maybe you've never made that commitment to Jesus. You've never said, I give you my life. But you're here today to say, I'll give anything to feel the joy of life and my life again. Or maybe again, maybe that's something you used to have. You used to have that joy. You used to have that 
that joy of the Lord, but life has been hard and you're feeling discouraged, but you're here today to say, okay, Holy Spirit, would you bring about the fruit of joy in my life? If you're here and you're praying and believing for joy in your life for the first time or again, or you just want to stand in the gap for somebody and say, God, we need joy in our family, whatever it might be, would you lift your hands? I want to pray with you today. Just say, I want to leave here full of joy. I want to pray over you in your life. And as I do, I just encourage you. This is the first time between you and Jesus, you just say, Jesus, I give everything to you. Give my life to you. Be my Lord and Savior. Lead me and fill me with the joy that comes through you. We pray with you this morning. God, I thank you that if anyone is in you, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that your presence is here this morning. And I thank you that a fruit of you that, that it is brought forth in our life as we are linked and abiding in the vine of Jesus Christ. The fruit that comes through you is of joy. And I pray a harvest of joy right now in this place. God, I pray over the discouraged. I pray right now you would encourage their spirit supernaturally by the joy of the Lord. I pray for the depressed right now. God, I pray you would break the chains of depression, that you would break into that mind, into that heart, into that attitude, God, even right now with the power of the Holy Spirit, and you would bring radical and complete healing in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for every person here today who says, I need joy in my life. We pray together, Holy Spirit, would you give the joy that comes from the Father right now into every life, into every family, into every home, into every situation. And God, I pray right now that the person who is struggling to allow that would just say, Holy Spirit, I invite the joy that comes from you that transcends my circumstance or my situation. And I pray, God, for these incredible people here this morning. I pray as they prepare to head out, God, that you would fill them up with the joy of the Lord. God, to overflowing, that the people there around would say, how are you so joyful with what you're facing? And they would say, let me tell you, it's not because of who I am. It's not because of what I've done. It's because of the Holy Spirit that dwells with me. And so, God, we pray overflow with joy out of this church today. In your mighty name, all God's people said... Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.